here tonight? All right, good, good, good. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We've got to uh, stay in the joy zone. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Right? And so you want to stay in the joy zone if you're going to have some strength, especially when you're fasting. Anybody fasting? Has fasting been a little challenging? Just two of you? Has fasting been a little bit challenging? When you get challenging, your, your strength can be zapped. You've got to stay in the joy zone because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? The Bible says if we faint in the day of adversity, it's because our strength is small. So if you want to make sure your strength isn't small, you can keep uh, your joy up. I preached a series on that some time ago called The Force of Joy. I admonish you, if you have your, feel like your joy is waning, you go back and listen to that series on The Force of Joy. Uh, joy will help your faith. Joy will help your faith. So uh, we continue to stay in that. Amen? <clears throat> well, we're glad to be here tonight, and welcome to each and every one of you. Welcome to those who are watching us online tonight. Good to have you with us online. Wish you were here. But... Uh, one day, if you believe and have faith, the Lord will bless you to be here. To be in Florida. I mess with people all over the country and the world watching us. Hallelujah. And they're shivering. And here you are feeling good tonight, right? Yes. It's be a song, I won't complain. <laughs> now, we were complaining this morning, I ain't gonna lie. But I'm so glad that God remembered this was Florida. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, let's get into the word of God tonight. I don't want to abuse your time. I don't want to abuse it. So I want to take advantage of your time. All right? So let's open our Bibles to Proverbs 21, please. Proverbs 21. How many of y'all have those Bibles in your hand? Bibles. Oh, look at that. I see those Bibles. Praise the Lord. I like that. Bibles. I love it. Put your nose in that Bible. Smell of those pages turning. Knock the dust off the Bible you had in your living room all this time. Keep that Bible in your hand. Amen? The Bible is, that's your sword. You don't need, you don't need to try to pull out your sword and the internet down. You can't be doing that. Man. You need, <laughs> all right? You need that Bible in your hand. Amen? Where you can mark it up. Every time I get a new Bible, I make plans to keep it all clean. It just never works because... You get into the word of God, revelation comes, you just got to mark it up. Amen. All right, are you in Proverbs 21? Okay, we're going to read just one verse tonight. Verse 5, verse 5. Got it? Okay, let's read together. Ready? Read. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. 
Is that simple enough? The plans of the diligent lead surely, 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 that's a for sure right on, surely to plenty. How many of y'all would prefer plenty over poverty? I'd much rather have plenty than poverty. And you don't have to have poverty. You can have plenty. It's God's idea. It's God's plan for you and me to live on plenty. Poverty is simply uh, another word for want or lack, to not have enough. It's, it's your, your, your uh, check runs out before your week runs out. It's poverty, where it's cold outside, but you can't really turn the heat on like you want to turn the heat on. Or it's hot outside, and you can't really turn the air on like you want to turn the air on. That's evil. But you and I don't have to have that. We're not supposed to have that. It tells us right here, if you, if you didn't really, if you didn't find one other verse in the whole Bible, if you couldn't find one other verse in the whole Bible, this one verse can change your life. Because it says the plans of the diligent surely lead to plenty. But those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. So I simply need to analyze my life and see, well, have I been hasty? When, where have I been hasty? If I'm experiencing poverty. Right? Cause and effect, right? So we can, we can solve every financial issue in the room tonight. Well, by your heads, let's, let's, let's have a benediction tonight then, right? Oh, you want to hear the rest of the word. Okay. Well, praise God. So, <laughs> tonight we're continuing. This is part three of Waste Not, Want Not. We're going to talk on the subject, Haste Makes Waste. Haste makes waste. Haste makes waste. Father, thank you tonight for the word of God that we're about to receive. I pray that every person in this room, that every heart is ready to receive the word of God, that God, as your word is prepared for your people, and your spirit is prepared to infuse us with the word of God, we pray, Father, that as we receive the word of God, we receive it with meekness because it's able to save our souls. We receive the word of God with joy, with gladness, O oh God. We receive the word, we believe the word of God. And you said, Lord, the word will work effectually, Lord, in those of us who believe. So let the word of God uh, seep deep down into our hearts and produce what you sent it to produce tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, take your seats. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. All right? So waste not, want not. Haste makes waste. Now, it's interesting, you know, as we, we talked Sunday, uh, on about urgency, and we were, we're grateful for what God did here Sunday for all the people who uh, recommitted their lives to Christ. Wasn't that a great thing on Sunday? Hallelujah. Wasn't that a really big thing on Sunday that God did in here? Um, but we were, we led into that with the word urgency. And so tonight when you hear, hear us talking about haste, making waste, it, th those two seem, uh, they are, uh, they would seem at least antithetical to each other. That you hasting or, or you don't be to haste but you're telling me to be urgent but I want you to understand there's a time for urgency but there's never a time for hasting until it's time for urgency in other words I gave you these four ways to manifest your heavenly vision y'all remember number one discernment we, we got that right discerning between what's me and what's God 
The number two was what? Patience. patience. And we'll do that, deal with that extensively tonight. Patience. All right? That means we're not going to get ahead of God. We're going to resist the urge to uh, manufacture uh, or manipulate and make our own vision come to pass. Okay? Number three I gave you was what? Obedience. obedience. Number four was what? Okay, so urgency comes at the point of obedience. You got it? You, you, you don't get urgent until you get a word. What happens is the difference between urgency as I'm teaching it and haste as I'm teaching it is you get in haste before the word. And you make hasty decisions and hasty moves before you get a word. So what happens is you're acting on your own as opposed to being urgent when it comes to obedience. Y'all got it? All right. We gave obedience, John 2, verse 5, whatsoever he says unto you, do it. Right? That's what Mary told those men uh, when Jesus was going to help them get some wine for their festival, for their, for their uh, wedding feast. Right? And so uh, when he, they, they, they couldn't move ahead of time, but once they got the instruction, uh, they had to move quickly. He said, draw some out now. Not tomorrow, not down not next year, draw some out now. So they had to be urgent once they got an instruction. So I'm, I'm admonishing you, you and everyone here is to be urgent when you get instruction. But until you get an instruction, you have to make sure you don't get hasty. Because I want to deal with hasty tonight because haste makes waste. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but the plans of the hasty surely to poverty. Okay? So we want to fix that tonight. All right, now, so we're talking about, again, waste not, want not, and we, we've said how God has excessive provision for us, much more than we could ever need. Right? And so we want to see how do we get that. So we talked about getting this vision. Now, I want to go back to something here. And again, to be repetitive uh, is intentional. Genesis 1.28. Genesis 1.28. Because again, I want you to see God's primary vision that covers everybody. That covers everybody. Once you get this master vision down, then you can be, be in position to uh, get your personal vision down. Okay? So God's master vision, uh, he starts out in Genesis 1:26, let us make man in our own image and our own likeness and give them dominion and so forth. And then 27, he makes them. Then verse 28, the Bible says God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth or King James, replenish the earth. Right? What, what does replenish mean? Fill it up again. Y'all not listening? Y'all sure? Okay, replenish means to fill it up again, which means it must have been filled before. Right? So I'm just trying to help all the people who don't understand science. So, so fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so our main focus has been uh, be fruitful and multiply, as we've talked about, produce and reproduce. Okay, now I want to go quickly remind you of some synonyms I gave you here uh, for the word fruitful. Media help us get on the screen because uh, he said to them, be fruitful. So that means God is expecting me to be fruitful. If he said, be fruitful, then that's the expectation. And when I stand up, remember I gave you the scripture that all of us shall give an account to God. 
So when you and I stand before God, he's going to expect us to give a report uh, on how fruitful we were. So you and I don't have the, um, the, the privilege, uh, I don't want to say privilege, the uh, freedom to not be fruitful. You hear what I say? You and I don't have the freedom to not be fruitful. So you, you can't just live life any way you want to. You can't just do what you want to do. You can't just make your own decisions. You can't just go to school because you want to go to school. You can't just go into business because you want to go into business. You can't just take a job because you want to take that job. You can't just quit because you want to quit. I say it again. You can't just quit because you want to quit. You can't just retire because you want to retire. See, if we, as long as we think that, then, then we're going to miss out on fruitfulness because we, have, we are under direct command. To be fruitful. You, you know, you remember this story in 1 Kings uh, 17, I believe it is. Yes, yeah, 1 Kings 17, where Elijah, uh, there's a famine, the drought, no rain. And God tells him, uh, I've commanded the ravens, go down to the brook Zarephath, or the brook Cherith, rather, brook Cherith. I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Right? So he goes to the brook, and what happens every day? Here comes the raven. Bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening. Bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening. Then, you, then he says, once the brook dries up, he says, I want you to get up now and go down to Zarephath. He says, I've commanded a widow woman to sustain you there. So now I want you to see three different groups, or three different entities that, are, that all have commands. Elijah has command. Go to, go to Cherith. Then go to Zarephath. The ravens have a command to bring him food every day and every night. And then the widow woman has a command. Now the only thing about it is that two of those have the option of not fulfilling those commands. The ravens are under command and they're going to do it because ravens don't have free will. But the, the difference with us is we have free will. So that's why when he got down there to that widow woman's house, y'all listening? He got onto the widow woman's house, and he said, hey, can you bring me some water? And she said, sure, I'll bring you some water. But then he said, hey, while you're at it, can you bring me a little something to eat, a little morsel of bread? I need to, my, you know, my belly. And she says, oh, I don't have enough for that. What's happening? Her free will is kicked in. She's trying to not follow the command. She's been commanded. That means she's heard from God. This woman's heard from God. God's not saying I command her like, you know, um, this some ethereal thing. No, I talk, I talk to her. I'm going to send somebody to you, and you take care of him. But she gets in her mind, well, I don't have enough for that. So she's going to buck it. So then Elijah has to challenge her to pull her into following the command. If he had not, she would have died like she planned on. Isn't that what your Bible said? She said, I'm gonna, all I have is little, little bread, little, little uh, oil in a jar. I'm going to go, I'm gathering these two sticks, and my son and I, we're going to eat it, and we're going to die. That's her plan. 
That's her grand final plan. We're going to eat this and die. But she wasn't under command to die. She was under command to live. You got it? And take care of, of Elijah. So he had to put a demand on what God had commanded. So part of my job for you is to put a demand on what God has commanded. And he's commanded you to be fruitful. So if I say something to you like, you can't, you can't just take a job because you want to take a job, I'm not trying to be mean. If I say you can't retire because you want to retire or you can't just move because you want to move, it's not because I'm trying to be in your business. It's because I'm trying to place a demand on what God has commanded because you were commanded to be fruitful. That went over well. You're commanded to be fruitful. So you don't, have, you don't have the freedom of leisure. I can tell y'all are loving this. You don't have the freedom of leisure. Well, I got my leisure time. I'm going to make my time. Okay, even in your leisure time, you're still under command. You got it? So you got to make sure in your leisure time is a divinely ordered rest. Jesus would tell the disciples, come apart for a while, let's rest. Y'all don't like that. He said, come apart for a little while, let's rest. If I don't command you to rest, don't rest. I must work while it is day. For the night comes when, when no man can work. I must work the works of him who sent me. I must do that. I must do this. So Jesus didn't have leisure. He had to be only under divine order. Okay, take a break. Why? So you can replenish. So you can get back to it. Y'all don't like it, so I'm going to just keep on kicking down. So what's happened is our American selves have taken our lives into our own hands, and I do whatever I want to do. I do whatever I feel like doing, and forget we're in the kingdom. And the kingdom rules over all. The kingdom rules over your democracy. The kingdom rules over your plan. The kingdom rules over all your, your little agenda. The kingdom rules over all your little ideas. At least it's supposed to. Right? Okay, so you and I have to submit to that. So I got to ask God, Lord, who are you? Lord, what do you want me to do? Well, I want you to be fruitful. And I want you to multiply. I want you to be fruitful and I want you to multiply. Got it? All right. Well, see if I can get y'all back on my side here. So God is expecting us to be fruitful and not fruitless. Not fruitless. Hallelujah. God done. Uh, what's that, John 15, here in my Father's glorified? That you bear much fruit? He started out talking about them bearing fruit. Then he went from them bearing fruit to bearing more fruit. Then he went from them bearing more fruit to bearing much fruit. And he said, that's at the point he's glorified. <laughs> he wasn't just glorified at fruit. He wasn't just glorified at more fruit. He was glorified at much fruit. Should I quit already? I mean, I ain't but three minutes in. Should I quit already? Okay. All right. So God wants me to be fruitful. Hallelujah. So I gave you some synonyms for fruitful. 
Remember that? Effective and profitable, successful, useful, gainful, plentiful, reproducing, rich, well spent. Well, what about my retirement plan? They shall still bear fruit in their old age. See, you can, you can retire from your job, but you can't retire from the kingdom. <laughs> you follow me? So even when you, you've left corporate, left your old job that you have for 30 and 40 and 50 years, I've long you, you stay there, you know what I'm saying? You still got to be fruitful. You still got to be doing something. I just, I'm retired so I can travel all around the world. Oh, this, oh, it's your life now. Oh, it's your life now. Oh, you in charge of your life now. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not trying to mess with you. I'm trying to, trying to challenge you and, and, and place a demand on what God has commanded here. Okay? Because we're going to give an account to God. And I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's joy. All right? All right, now, so effective, profitable, successful, useful, gainful, plentiful. See that word plentiful? Reproducing, rich, and well spent. Okay, so that's what God is looking for, for us to be uh, all those things. How many of y'all want to be successful? All right, good. That's what God's plan is, to be gainful, not lossful. Gainful, losing nothing. Glory to God. Let's go to Luke 15. Luke 15. Shatabaya. This uphill battle tonight, Lord, all right. With it. Luke 15. Now, I gave you this story here. We went over that. Uh, we, this has been our, our uh, foundation scripture here for a, couple, couple, uh, for a week or so. But I, wanted you, I want you to see something here, okay, that I believe is very important to us. Because, again, I'm talking tonight about haste makes waste. Okay? So God doesn't want us to be hasty. Waste not, want not. So if I get hasty, eventually I'm going to end in want or lack or poverty, some sort of um, uh, deficiency, and not just money. You can have, you can be uh, in want emotionally, you can be in want spiritually, you can be in want physically, in your, your physical body. And what you'll find is hasty decisions have gone into uh, bringing that, uh, that about or setting you up for that. Right? Glory to God. All right, now, so in Luke 15, we saw it says in verse 11, then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods uh, that falls to me. Now, who's, who's talking here? The son, right? Well, yeah, Jesus is in red. He's telling the story, but I mean, in the story, uh, who's talking? The son, which son? The younger son, okay. All right, so the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So the father obliged him. He's divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there did what? Wasted. 
ways of his possessions with prodigal, or that word prodigal means wasteful, wasteful living. But when he has spent all, all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in So he wasted, he spent, and he ended up in want. So you waste, you're going to be in want. We understand that, right? Now, y'all know that. I, I, I proved that to you last Wednesday, and I think you got it from Sunday. If you, if you waste, you're going to be in want. No doubt about it. Okay? But I wanted to show you something a little uh, in addition to that tonight, that, again, it's the younger son asking for this money from his father. Okay? And the father obliged him. The younger son. He asked for before his time. So he was hasty to get his inheritance. He was ahead of his time. He was moving too quickly. He, he, I don't know, maybe he saw all of, you know, uh, people online, how they were living, all his buddies and friends out there in the world, but he wanted his money now. And so he was hasty in taking his money rather than waiting until, because there would have been an appropriate time. His dad was going to divide the inheritance to him. Right? This good man was going to leave an inheritance to his children's children. He was going to make sure this son had something. But it wasn't time. But yet, the father obliged the son because the son asked for it. All right? So what happened? We, we see haste here. Now, we already see how his life turned, well, how, how it turned out shortly, right? The short term. What happened? He wasted all of his substance, right? Now, I talked to Sunday about he wasted his life, but let's go back to his money now. He wasted his money, wasted his possessions, right? He ended up, uh, he spent all of it. Why? He's a younger son. He don't have no sense. Right, a fool spends it all up. Oh, you follow what I'm saying? He's a younger son. You know, um, uh, we, we, they, they know now in, 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 in America through studies that until you're about 25, you don't have any sense. <laughs> all the 24 year, years young are looking at me crazy. Until you're 25, right? That's why you can't rent a car by yourself until you're 25. Because I know you don't have a sense God gave a billy goat and that's a hard head and a ragged behind. They know you don't have good sense. They know. That, that's, that's why your insurance is sky high until you hit 25. Because they know, they know you, don't, you don't make wise decisions. They know you, you're a hot head. They know you make hasty decisions. They know you'll, you'll, you'll be seen, driving on the street and see somebody just turn. Ooh, look at that. I mean, this is scientific fact. They've proven this. Until you're 25, your brain isn't even fully formed enough for you to make concrete, sound decisions. So parents, let's stop letting 18-year-olds make life decisions like they have any sense. They don't have any sense. I want to go to this college. I want to go to this school. I want to do this. They don't have any sense. Y'all mad. They don't have any sense. You remember when you were 23? Come 
24, you were doing crazy stuff. Spend your whole check. Walk, walk in. I remember, man, I went to college, man, and as soon as you walk on the college campus, boy, they had, they had the paper on the wall and the little thing, hey, we're going to have credit cards out here. I can get a credit card? What's that? Okay. All right. Got me a little credit card. Got me a little visa something, and it was like $500 credit. And I was like, $500? Wow. To a little 18-year-old kid, that is like glorious. And man, I go get that little credit card, and then I walk in the mall and all the stores, hey, would you like to buy something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have a credit card. You, well, you can get one of our cars. I can get one of your cars, too? Man, I went in there. I had Zales. I had Belden. I had Montgomery Wars. I had JCPenney. I had, every, I had everybody's car. Firestone, I had everybody's car. And was using them all. I didn't realize you had to pay those jokers back. Y'all didn't tell me that. I am <laughs> So the younger brother, he, he was given something that he was not ready for. Prematurely. And he wasted it all. And if you know anything about life and you remember your life, that was bound to happen. How many of y'all remember those days? It was bound to happen. Y'all admit you've done some stupid, just some stupid stuff. Just some stupid financially, relationally, emotionally, physically. You ever seen kids on a college campus, especially in a college dorm, the kind of stupid things they do for fun? I think it'll be fun to slide down a hallway in baby oil. It'll be fun. We're going to go raid the girls' dorm. That's dumb. We're going to get on mattresses and slide down all the stairs just for fun. And now, now we're going to record it and post it all over the internet. It's stupid. Right? So you know it's bound to happen, right? Now I want to show you a little bit, but let, let's give you a, spirit, a biblical reason why that was dumb. Look at, go to Proverbs, okay, and Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. Glory to God, our oldest daughter is going to be 25 this summer. We're so happy. We're so happy because we know the light's going to come on. Light's got to come on. I mean, she's not dumb. She's not stupid. She's not by any stretch of imagination. An extremely smart girl, but just, she's 24. 24 is 24. 24 is as 24 does. <laughs> right? Praise God. All right, Proverbs 20, and uh, let's go to verse 20 and 21, please. 20 and 21. You got it? Proverbs 20, verse 20 and 21. Whoever curses his father or mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. See, I hear y'all ghetto mamas. Y'all ghetto parents right here. Y'all, 
So y'all think about coming from all the way back here on the child. Pop. This, 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 this didn't say whoever curses out. They're not cursing you out. Y'all thinking cussing. This is not cussing. This is curses. Y'all got flashbacks. Oh, I remember, man. My mama knocked me all the way down the street. Whoever curses, curses. His father and mother, his, his lamp we put out in deep darkness. So curses is not just to speak ill of, but it is to damn. To curse is to really to speak and wish for dead. Now remember, we're dealing with the boy from Luke 15. Because remember what I taught you, that as a son, when you ask your father for your inheritance, now you're saying to him, you're dead to me. Because inheritance is not supposed to be transferred until the time of death. Remember Abraham, when Abraham got ready to die, Abraham called all, called all of his boys in. Here, here's your, here's your, take this. Right? So that son was saying, he's cursing his father, you're dead to me. So notice what happened. His lamp was going, about to be put out in deep darkness. The only thing that saved him was he came to himself. Got it? All right, now let's keep going. Let's go to the next verse, please. Let's see what happened. An inheritance gained hastily. Are we seeing this boy now? At the beginning will not be blessed at the end. This is the reason why when people leave an inheritance for somebody, they don't give it to the child when he's 10 years old. They give it to the child when the child is mature, old enough to handle it. Because if they gain it hastily at the beginning, it will not be blessed. It, it won't even be around at the end. Because they can't handle it. It's the same thing that happens, happens to the people when they win the lottery. Win the lottery, they win $10 million, $40 million, $100 million, and you look up, and within seven years, they broke, uh, in debt, in jail, or they're dead. I, I mean, I, I read these stories all the time about the ones, they win the lottery, $50 million, and you look up 10 years later, they're, back, they're on welfare. Why? They got something hastily that inwardly they were not ha able to handle. They weren't prepared they weren't mature enough. They, weren't, they didn't have enough financial acumen to understand how to, how to process money. That's right. That's right. So uh, an inheritance that's gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. Y'all got it? Turn over, uh, give me that same uh, uh, verse, those two, same two verses rather, in the Passion Translation, please. The Passion Translation. Let's see what it says here. Same two verses. It, watch this. If you despise, do you see this boy again? If you despise your father or mother, your life will flicker out like a lamb. Y'all, young people hear this, right? They don't, they're not saying anything. <laughs> if you despise your father or mother, that means you begin to think you got all the sense. Right about teenage years, kids start to hit that. Well, they, all of a sudden, they know, they know better than you know. So it goes right about to their 20s, early 20s, early to mid-20s. The kids still, they think they have all this, all this sense. They know everything. It's right about when they hit about 30s, 35, 40, they realize, oh, Lord. My mama was right. <laughs> I ain't realize. 
Unless you what? Unless you what? A boy, then it's when? 40, oh, it's later on? Might be. Here's the truth, though. If you despise your father and mother, the Bible says your life will flicker out like a lamp, extinguished into the, into the deepest darkness. Verse 21, please. 21. If an inheritance is gained too early in life, it will not be blessed in the end. So notice that the boy's haste made for waste. And because he wasted, he ended up wanting. You see, God knows when you can handle your inheritance. God knows when you can handle your manifestation. That's why vision manifestation is for a set time. Because he knows if you get it ahead of time, you can't handle it. Until you mature and get enough character to handle what he has. Because what God, what God has for you is big. God doesn't have anything little for you. What he has for you is grand. It's grand. It's great. It's magnificent. It's magnificent. I learned that new word. It's magnificent. And so you and I have to be, be uh, willing to wait on timing. And not be too hasty. Because if you get hasty, you're going to make things happen. And then when you make things happen, you're going to waste. You got it? Everybody with me so far? So I got to be mature. I say I have to be mature. Give me Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Let's prove this by the Bible real quick. Galatians 4, verse 1 and 2. Galatians chapter 3 talks about how we are heirs, right? I got more than one. Yes, sir, right? We're heirs, right, in Galatians 3. But look here at Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. It says, now I say that the heir, and I remember we talked about an inheritance gained hastily. Right? That the heir, as long as he is a what? Child does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. So it, it, it's his. He's just not mature enough to handle it. So what God has for you, it is for you. It's just not for now. Now, I'm, 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 I'm talking about when I say for now, I'm talking about in your past. God's about to bring some things into your now for real. This is a now season we're entering here, right? Okay, so it's, it's for you now, but, but, but you had, uh, over the years, you've had to mature. See, most of you in here, you're ready to receive now. I wish I had more witnesses than that. You're ready to receive now, right? I've learned some things. I've, I've, I've matured. I've matriculated through the, the school of hard knocks when, when I wasn't listening to God. But, I, but now, you know, the Bible says before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. I learned the hard way. Keep the word of God. Without a vision of people perish. But happy is he who keeps the word. See, so when I keep the word, I'm going to be happy and blessed. Okay? All right, now. So, as long as I'm a, a child... I'm no different than a slave, though I am the master of all. Verse 2, but as under guardians and stewards until when? The time appointed by the Father. So the Father has appointed a time for you and me to uh, fully manifest our inheritance. You got it? 
He knows. He knows about when you should be mature enough to handle it. So he's not holding back from you. He's holding back for you. And for your good. And the Lord is saying, now is the time I'm about to release to you what I've been holding back for you. You got it? So he said, it's, you're, you're, it's held until the time appointed by the Father. Now go back over to Habakkuk, please. Habakkuk chapter 2, and let's look at Habakkuk 2 and verse 3. Habakkuk 2 and verse 3. Because we're going to see another thing about appointed time here. We know this one, right? For the vision is yet for what? For what? Now remember we just read here about the time appointed by the Father. So the vision is yet for an appointed time. So God, oh my goodness, God works on appointments. God, God works on, on uh, I, we were praying this morning, and I, I, this came up in, my, in, in the prayer about people have this, this stupid, uh, stupid notion of uh, they don't like organized religion. Don't you hear that out there? Well, I, I don't like, I'm not into organized religion. Well, how dumb is that? Everything about life is organized. Your body is organized. There's nobody in this, on, in this room that got an ear down here. Your body is organized. Your body is a system of systems. Your body is one big system of systems. Cardiovascular system, muscular, musculoskeletal system, endocrine system, excretory system, circulatory system, all these different skeletal systems. You have all these systems. You are a system of systems. The universe is a system. We live in a solar system. The earth is organized. God put a limit on how far the waters could go. Boom, organized. When Jesus Christ wanted to feed 5,000 members, women and children, he said, get them organized first. When, when Elijah was going to call down fire from heaven to, to eat of that sacrifice, he had him, he said, organize this altar first. Organize everything. Everything about God is organized. So when somebody has a stupid argument that I'm not into organized religion, what you're saying is I'm a free bird, a free spirit, and I'm doing things my own way. You're going to miss out on your inheritance because you're immature. I don't care how deep you think you are staying at home, reading the Bible. I'm not talking to y'all, obviously. I'm not talking about y'all, right? But I'm talking to somebody online, talking about your cousin. Somebody they sitting at home thinking they're so deep, they're so deep and wonderful, but they're so stupid. They look at all this organization all around the universe and then talk about, I don't believe in organized religion. That's dumb. Everything about God is organized. I don't even know why I was talking about that. Oh, appointed time. God is a God of appointments. You can't just, you know, you, you can't, can't just show up at the doctor's office anytime you feel like it now. You'll be standing a long time. Now, you can go to the emergency room, walk in clinic, but you're going to be sitting a long time. Why? Because you don't have an appointment there. There's just a walk-in. See, your faith, you can manifest God's promises anytime. But it's going to take you some time. 
But when you talk about the vision that comes from God, there's a set appointed time that you can set your clock by it as God reveals it to you. And if you just be patient and not be hasty, God will give you an instruction. He's, oh, it's time. And you'll begin to sense that. You got it? All right, so we got appointed time, and we have uh, times appointed by the Father. Now go back to Galatians 4, please. Galatians 4, we just read verse 1 and 2, but let's look at verses 4 and 5. Galatians 4 and verse 4 and 5. Everybody all right? Now watch what it says here. Watch God's organization. But when the fullness of time, of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Right? When did he send him? In the fullness of time. We just read in verse 2 about time appointed by the Father for your inheritance. Now we read here in verse 4 about God didn't send Jesus Christ until the fullness of the time. Now wait. Jesus had been prophesied since Genesis 3. From Genesis 3. When he said that the, 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 the hill of, of her seed would bruise the, the, heel of, uh, the head of Satan. Talking about Jesus from Genesis 3. And you can see Jesus Christ prophesied in every book of the Bible. Every book you see him prophesied. And yet, now, sin was running rampant in the earth. I mean, bad. But why didn't God just send Jesus Christ way back before, the, before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? Because it wasn't time. It wasn't time. So God's not hasty. God has a set time. Glory to God. Are y'all catching this here? So when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth the son, born, watch this, of a woman, born under the law. Got it? So he couldn't send him before the law. He had to send him after the law was, was established. He had to wait and he had a set woman. Right? God's, God's very organized. Everything's very orchestrated by God. Okay, verse 5, add that please. <clears throat> to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Okay, so God had a set time for Jesus. Glory to God. And he wasn't hasty in manifesting Jesus. He manifested him in the fullness of time. Right? So I want you to see this then. Born of a woman. Jesus Christ was manifested. Remember 1 John 3, 8 um, says, um, for this reason the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Right? He's manifested. Everybody say manifested. So Jesus Christ was manifested. You read that several times. God was manifested in the flesh. Right? Manifested. He manifested himself. Jesus Christ was manifested. Now, born of a woman. Born of a woman. Born of a woman. Notice it didn't say born uh, of a man. Which would have been manufactured. So God manifested Jesus. He didn't let them manufacture Jesus. Every other prophet, teacher that came before him 
was manufactured. Y'all understand what I mean when I say that, manufactured? It took a man and a woman to manufacture Moses to be born, uh, Joshua to be born, you know, Isaac to be born. As miraculous as all that was, it still had, he still had a man and woman together to manufacture. But when the fullness of time came, the vision that God had, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Are y'all seeing this? What God had already seen before the foundation of the world, he manifested born of a woman. And Joseph could not touch her until he was manifested. So it would be unmistakable that this was manifestation and not manufacturing. Very organized. Very organized. God, God orchestrated all that. All that that he did because Jesus Christ had to be a manifestation to the world. Y'all getting this here? Now, now let's, let's look at something because that, that affects us because we have the same question about how we're going to manifest. Y'all remember the stories? Go to Luke chapter 1, 34 and 35. He's manifested, not manufactured. He did not need Joseph's participation. Did you hear what I said? He did not need Joseph, didn't want Joseph's participation. All he needed was Mary's cooperation. This is big. Because you remember what happened, remember what happened with, with Abram and Sarai. Abraham and Sarah had a, had a promise too. But because things weren't happening as fast, and God had already planned for, for Abram and Abraham and Sarah to manufacture their child with the blessing, the power of the blessing, but they got ahead of God, they got hasty. And ended up producing Ishmael. Well, how, what was the waste? That was God. Was that was a human born on this planet? Yeah, but he ended up having to split the inheritance between Isaac and Ishmael. Y'all missed what I said. He ended up having to having to take all that that would have been Isaac's and sharing it with Ishmael. Y'all missing it. <laughs> Oh, boy. So Mary has the same question that most of us have. Vision manifestation. How can this be? Since I don't have the resources. Since I don't have the system set up. I don't have anything in place. I don't have the capacity that you're talking about, God. I don't have anybody to help me with this here. And God says, or do the angel here, Listen, it's not going to be a manufactured blessing. It's going to be a manifested blessing. He says, watch in the next verse, verse 35. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit is going to come on you. Boy, good God. And he's going, the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. So how is this going to be? The Holy Ghost is going to do it. Oh, y'all catching what I'm saying to you? How am I going to manifest in this year of vision manifestation? 
Because, see, some of y'all are saying, well, God gave me a vision 20 years ago. And for 20 years, ain't, ain't nothing been happening. How this going to be a vision manifestation in this year? I'm going to come over here because y'all act like you got it. God gave me a vision 10 years ago, 30 years ago, and nothing happened in 10 years. How is it going to manifest all of a sudden in one year? See, you thinking you had to be working all this time and making things happen. He didn't need you to be working and making things happen. He needs you to just simply work in your faith. I believe I receive it. I believe I receive it. I believe I receive it. God said it, that, that settles it. God said it, that settles it. God said it, that settles it. I believe what God said is mine. This too shall come to pass. This too shall come to pass. This too shall come to pass. How can this be? How can I manifest all this this year? To go from nothing to all that. See, I don't know if y'all understand what I'm saying. See, I, I want to make sure you and I aren't sitting here thinking when God says vision manifestation that he means you're going to start, you know, see a little sprout this year. It's just going to get started. No. He said manifestation. That means at some point, there's going to be an explosion. Any of y'all, any of y'all you, you, ever, you ever pop popcorn? Microwave popcorn, that's what you're used to. You put that, mic, that microwave popcorn in, in, in the microwave and it sit there and it seems like for a minute ain't nothing happening. But all of a sudden, I'm telling you guys, saying it's time for things to pop over your life. The vision I've shown you, the things I've shown you in the darkest of night, the things you saw 10 and 30 and 20 and 30 years ago, it's time now for the to me to bring it to pass. All I need you to do is believe you receive. Be it unto me according to your word. Blessed is she, blessed is he who believes, for there shall be a fulfillment of those things that were spoken to you by the Lord. There shall be a fulfillment. Manifestation is fulfillment. She went from having never been with a man to pregnant instantly. <laughs> this year. That's, that's what I need us to get, Sister, Sister uh, Stafford. It's this year. No, y'all fooling me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this year. This year. Come on, man. This year. The the bonsai tree, I believe it is, just like bamboo, five plus years, you see nothing. You plant it, you see nothing. Nothing, no growth whatsoever. Nothing even out of the ground. But at a certain point, it sprouts and it'll shoot up 20, 30 feet in a year. 
in a year. Y'all looking like y'all confused. In one year. That means you may have seen nothing. I preached a message a few years ago making something out of nothing. You ain't have to see nothing for the last five, ten years. Matter of fact, what you may have seen has, looked, has been downright discouraging. I'm, I'm in the wrong house. I better, I better go. What you, what you may have seen has been downright discouraging. That if you had let it get to you, you would have quit already. But the only reason you hadn't quit is because you believed to see. The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's why you didn't quit. Well, good thing you didn't quit. Because the Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. I announce you tonight, it's due season this year. God has declared this is the year of vision manifestation. It's your due season on your seed. It's your due season on all your service. It's your due season on all your blessing folk. It's your due season on what God has shown you. It's your due season. It doesn't matter what it's looked like all this time. That means, Deke, it's just as easy for us to look up next Sunday. I'm preaching to myself. I got, I got, it, it could be just as easy as next Sunday we walk up here and there's 3,000 people standing at the door. I mean, what has God shown you? God can have the he can arrange the right person to see your video. You don't, he don't need everybody to see it. Just the one right person. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember hearing T.D. Jakes tell a story often about how he was preaching in the back hills of West Virginia teaching a little Sunday school class, a group of women and in his little church doing everything. I mean, he was just a backwoods preacher, just, just preaching, loving the Lord. And one day he preached for, I think it's Carlton Pearson, asking to preach for him. And Carlton Pearson's media guy had to put together a, a video for their broadcast, for their broadcast. And Carlton Pearson said, well, I don't, just, just pick something. I don't really, I'm not really into it, just pick it. Well, he happened to pick a clip from T.D. Jake's preaching that he put on, on his TBN broadcast. Just so happened that Paul Crouch, the owner of TBN, was working on a book. And he had gotten a writer's block, couldn't, he had gotten stuck in his book writing, trying to figure out how to, Transition in his book, and he, he has TB on, TBN on his TV, of course. And he, when he turns it on this day, looks up and sees this black man preaching. Who is that? Heard him preaching. Immediately got on the phone and tracked him down. 
So I need you to preach on TBN instantly. See, it didn't matter how, how he had been laboring for the last 10 years and there was no progress, no sign, no evidence of any kind of growth. Appointed time. That's all God needs is you and I to stay strong until the appointed time. <laughs> Glory to God. And don't try to manipulate and manufacture this yourself. Y'all got it? All right, now, glory to God. Now, we looked at Proverbs 21, verse 5. Let's go back over there, please. Because remember, I gave you some synonyms for fruitful, successful, and plentiful, and there are others. But like, just like vision, success doesn't happen overnight. Well, overnight for T.D. Jakes, that wasn't overnight. You ask him, was that overnight? All the years he's been preaching, was that overnight? No, when time came, when you hear what I say, when time came, it was overnight. Because God hastens it in his time. But you can't hasten it before his time. Proverbs 21, verse 5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to what? Plenty. So we need to be diligent, right? We need plans, right? Okay, but those of everyone who is hasty, surely to poverty. Now, I want to switch over, please, to the, uh, the Passion Translation. The same verse, Proverbs 21.5 in the Passion Translation. Can you read it? Yes, sir. It says, brilliant ideas pay off and bring you prosperity. That's good. But making hasty and patient decisions will only lead Now, let, 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 me, let me not be deep and spiritual here. Let me ask you, have you ever experienced financial loss? Yes, sir. Come on, tell the truth. Anybody here? Put, I want to see your hand. Make sure. Yes, 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 yes. Now, yeah, there you go. You can track it. You can track it to some hasty, impatient decisions. I'm going to tell the truth. If y'all don't tell the truth, I'm going to tell the truth to me. Hasty, impatient decisions. Had to have it. Had to do it. Had to go. Had to buy it. Had to try it. Or didn't get a second opinion on that. And it says it will lead only to financial loss. Because haste makes waste. And when you waste, you end up in want. You know, one, one, of, the, one of the tricks that people do, uh, the, if you allow that word, tricks, when they're trying to control their uh, credit card spending, to take the credit card, put it in some water, and then freeze it. Any of y'all ever heard that? Some of y'all to try it. You take that credit card, and you put it in a, in a bowl of water or whatever, and you put it in the freezer, let it freeze. Why? Because when you got this, something comes online, or you watch at home shopping, or you see a skirt commercial or something on TV, or you get an email for a sale at Dillard's. Something you just got to have. 
They call it impulse buying. Impulse buying is hasty, impatient buying. And what, what, the, what the, free, the frozen card does is, by the time you can melt it down, hopefully you've settled down. It's like, it's like a cool down period. This is what they do now. You want to buy a gun in Florida. You want to buy a gun in Florida? We're going to make you wait three days. Give you time. That's very good. That's a good idea. Because if people could buy a gun instantly on the spot, there'd be a lot more dead people around here. Well, they wouldn't be around here anymore. There might be a lot more dead people. <laughs> Same thing with now the state of Florida. You want to get married in the state of Florida? Now? You got to wait three days. You go get your little license. They say, sit down. We're going to give you three days. Now, the only way that they let you out of that is if you've gone through and gotten counseling, premarital counseling. So premarital counseling, you've already, you're not making a hasty, impatient decision on this right already. But if you haven't done that, they say, you got to wait, cool down, sit on a block of ice. Sister Carolyn said that. Sit your butt on a block of ice. Make sure you ain't making a hot decision. You know, the Las Vegas weddings, people, they go, Las Vegas, get drunk, come back married. <laughs> so it happens all the time in, in various areas of life. So hasty and patient decisions will only lead to financial loss. So we must make up in our minds we'll make no more hasty decisions about anything. See, the, the devil, his, his trick is to get us to make hasty decisions. He, want, he wants to make things so uh, urgent to us. Now, I'm not talking about God urgency. I'm talking about make things so urgent. Hey, you need to make, make a decision right now. You got two days to do this, or you get a report from the doctor. Hey, we better, better take you to church right now. No, no, no. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Oh, wait. Because <laughs> if he can get you to make a hasty decision, what, what happens is many times we end up making, having permanent consequences from temporary situations. Yes. Your thyroid bad. Let's, let's take your thyroid out. Well, wait a minute. Maybe I can change my diet. That might take some time. <laughs> At least I still have my thyroid. <laughs> the big thing is now everybody pull everybody's gallbladder. Just we're gonna pull a gallbladder back back in the day like like they used to pull tonsils. Uh, ton what, what do you call your tonsils? They used to pull them, your tonsils out. You know everybody's just gonna pull everybody's gallbladder. Just pull. You don't you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. Ask somebody who had one pulled if they wish they still had it. Because when you got to go, you got to go. You lose that gallbladder. What could have been dealt with in change of diet and lifestyle. But the devil wants people to make hasty decisions about all oh, everything. Limited time offer. Ain't that how all the sales come out? Yes. Limited time offer. Somebody come and they're going to bring your sales. Hey, if you, if you sign a day, 
Man, they do that to you. You go in the store. Hey, we can save you 10% on this purchase if you sign up one of these credit cards right here. They say, don't worry about it. Just, you can get the card and just go upstairs and make the payment right there as soon as you get the card. It's all right. About it. This whole system is designed to get us to make hasty decisions. But we can't do it. Write this down, please. Write this down. Write this down. Vision manifestation requires soul control. Vision manifestation requires soul control. You have got to control your soul. You have got to control your mind, your will, and your emotions. You have to control that. Your thinker and your feeler, your choosing, you have to control all that. Because if you don't, that crazy chick, the busy dude, will have you doing all kind of stuff. How many folks signed up for the gym? <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't finish the question. Signed up for the gym and never even went. Why? <laughs> hey, it's a decision. Hey, if you sign up today, and, and not you're not gonna exercise at home. Oh, it's a gym, though. So I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. What happens? You end up wasting. So I gotta have some some soul control. Proverbs 16, verse 1 through 3, and amplify, please. Proverbs 16, 1 through 3. I'm almost done here. Watch this. Proverbs 16, verse 1 through 3, in the Amplified Bible, please. Hallelujah. It says, the plans of the mind and orderly thinking belong to man. So we can make plans and think, right? But from the Lord comes the wise answer, the tongue. And the devil wants us to make hasty responses to things. To speak quick without thinking. Anybody ever spoken without thinking? Yes. The rest of y'all ain't, don't lie to me. You spoken without thinking. You said some things without thinking. That's why the Bible says be slow to speak, swift to hear. Slow to speak, swift to hear. Hear primarily God. Here, primarily the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, how should I respond to this? But what happens? Somebody make you angry. You just let it rip. Right? Give you peace in my mind. Right? Because we're most often swift to speak and slow to hear. Hastiness. So we need to be the opposite, swift to uh, hear and slow to speak. Okay? Now, so the wise answer of the tongue, uh, that, that's, the Lord gives that. Now go, keep going, verse 2 and 3, please. Verse 2 and 3. All the ways of a man appear in his own eyes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But the Lord weighs the spirits, the thoughts and intents of the heart. He knows really what's, what's behind, what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, what I'm saying, what I'm buying. Verse 3, 
Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause, watch this, your thoughts. Now remember we're talking about controlling your soul. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will and so shall your plans be established and succeed. So you can have plans, you can have plans all your life, but you got to submit those plans to God. Submit your, your works, roll your works, or commit your works to him, and your thoughts will be established. So God will cause your, your thoughts even to, to align with his will. So even though I have my plan, I don't move hastily in my plan. You got it? God doesn't mind you having a plan. But you have to submit that plan to God. Because if I move in my plan, see, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what next year holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. That's what we say, right? But he does. God knows tomorrow and next year and down the line. So rather than me make hasty decisions, well, no, I thought about it. Okay, great that you thought about it, but did you submit that to God? Bring it under his dominion to get, if you allow, if you allow this, his opinion on it. And really, it's his direction on it. You got it? All right. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. So, again, haste makes waste. Okay? Now, go back to Proverbs 21, please, and verse 5. And this time, let's look at Proverbs 21, verse 5 in the Amplified, please. And we'll wrap up here. It says, the thoughts of the steadily diligent tend only to Plenteousness, plenteousness, the state of plenteous, being plenteous, right? But everyone who is impatient and hasty hastens only to want. So when you are impatient and hasty, you're going to be poor quick. <laughs> right? See, this is what Pastor Kim was mentioning earlier about price and cost. And I'm serious, when she's serious when she tells you that, that we went through that and, and just began to talk about that, discuss it with our kids. Because I, I, I was thinking back, especially we were, you know, with no money, and, and then, then when we was trying to come out of debt, I'd sit down and look at, okay, wait a minute. Okay, cable, here's the price. But that guy uh, who's making a quarter million dollars, HBO don't mean nothing to him. It's, it's, just, it's just built his, his credit card or come out of his account. He don't, he don't even see it. He don't think about it. He don't feel it. But when you're making $25,000, no, 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 $99 means something. Huh? Well, I got Apple Music. Well, that's great, Apple Music, with no job. Wait a minute now. I know the price is so and so, but we ain't no job. What is that costing you? Now, so they, they got to faith that stuff in. Dad and mom don't pay for that. You got to faith it in every month. Now, I'm just talking about, see, this, this is just talking about uh, steadily diligent. It'll tend to plenteousness. So, Diligent about, um, you know, I got these, some of these young people now, they have these little jobs now. Little jobs. Tell them a little job. 
talking about these little teenagers, you know, they had a little job. How many of y'all wish when you were a teenager got your first job, you had listened to the person who told you put $25 a week away? People told me that. Just take $25 out of every paycheck, son, and put $25 away, and then and when, by the time you're 30 or 40 years old, 50 years old, you're going to look up, and boy, you'll have $600,000. <sighs> I'm trying to buy the, the, late, the latest new edition CD. What you talking about? <laughs> BBD? What? Some of y'all, Jodeci, I'm trying to get my next Jodeci CD. <laughs> oh, yeah, Columbia, Clearinghouse, you know the 12 CDs for a penny. It wasn't, never wasn't no 12 CDs. They stopped sending me bills for that mess. All I could see, though, was what I wanted now. I couldn't see the, 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 the power of being steadily diligent. So even if I did it one or two times, I never got this result. Why? Because uh, I'd be out with my friends at the choir rehearsal and we'd make hasty decisions. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. All right. Oh, man. Time's up. Okay. Can I give you one biblical example of this? 1 Samuel 13. 1 Samuel 13. Let me give you one biblical example, and then uh, I'll send you home to contemplate. All your decisions. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I got to do it myself. My wife and I have set some goals this year. A couple days ago, let's set some goals for this year. Uh, for this year. Increase from last year, let's set some goals this year. The things we want to see and accomplish. So there's some things out, man. The, the sales always come to your email when we have to make a decision like that. Oh, man, those are the shoes I like. You got shirts for sale? Oh, wow. Four, four, oh, wow. And all of a sudden, I go, click, and I have them in my cart. They're in my cart. I'm that close. But I have to stop and say, no, wait a minute. We made a decision. Pastor, you can't afford it? I can afford it, but not with the vision in mind. See, when you have a vision of mind, something you're working on, what you could afford, you say, no, I can't afford that now. I can go buy everything in my cart and not, not affect my daily living. It's just not, wouldn't be a problem. But there's a goal that we have. We're working on something here. Got it? Okay, 1 Samuel 13 and verse 6. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves, in thickets, in rocks, in holes, in pits. They hid anywhere they could, boy. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, this is King Saul. King Saul. He was still in Gilgal. Everybody say Gilgal. And the people, all the people followed him trembling. Why? Because they're scared. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. Samuel is the, is the, the priest, the prophet, right? 
But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, we could say on time, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now, Saul was a king, not a priest. But he said, bring the offering, I'm going to do it. What happened? He got hasty. He got hasty. He didn't wait on the, on the appointed time. And he said, well, the time seems like the time is here, and there's not nothing manifested yet, so I'm going to do it now. Now watch this. Now it happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering. Here comes Samuel. He was hasty. As soon as he's finished doing it, here comes Samuel. In other words, Samuel was right I was outside, man. But he couldn't wait for Samuel to walk in the door to do his duty. Now watch what happened. And Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. Verse 11. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered from me. In other words, I let, I let the surrounding and the, and the people get to me. And that you did not come within the days appointed. You were late. And that the Philistines gathered together at, at Michmash. Then I said, the Philistines will not, now come down to me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplications of the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled, urged, soul out of control. I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. Now watch this. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done what? You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now... The Lord would have. The Lord would have established the kingdom, I'm sorry, established your kingdom over Israel forever. But you blew it. He said, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be command over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So what happened? In his haste, he wasted his future. Not just his, his son Jonathan. And all the future generations that were in his family. He said his kingdom would have been established forever. All of a sudden, boom. Because he got hasty and didn't wait on the, manifested, uh, the manifestation in the appointed time. Well, you say, well, no, he said appointed time and, and Samuel wasn't there. He just didn't see him. Samuel was there because it said as soon as he finished, there he is. You walk in. Yeah. He had on low. He's probably greeting everybody. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Praise, praise the Lord. Good to see you this afternoon. So, so and so forth. All right? All right. Let me, let me, let me read this. So we can... We can, we can uh, Move out of here. Again, the devil wants you to make hasty decisions. Okay? Now, write this down. Write this down. Three words. Beware of shortcuts. Beware of shortcuts. I want you to write that down. Stamp it on, imprint it on your heart. Beware of shortcuts. How many of y'all have been driving somewhere and decided you want to take a shortcut? And what happened? Lost, wandering aimlessly, 
Where am I going? And now this, this I'm talking about, talking about before, before you had your GPS and all that kind of stuff. All around. Now, to get back unlost, <laughs> to get back to where you need to be, what did you have to do? You had to backtrack. So now your trip took longer. You wasted time. You wasted gas. Frustrated. Husband and wife probably arguing and fussing and fighting, right? I told you don't turn there. Baby, hush. Just hush. You gonna drive? That's, that's how I be. You gonna drive? That's, that's, that's me. I'm gonna pull over, you can drive. Then that's, I ain't driving. Well, then hush. I got us in this mess, I'll get us out. Right? Come on, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest with you. You too, okay. So beware of shortcuts. Satan will send little foxes. Remember the little foxes? He will send little foxes disguised as opportunities. You hear what I said? He will send little foxes disguised as opportunities. Disguised as opportunities. Because they look like shortcuts to your manifestation. But in actuality, they will short-circuit your vision. I'll say it again. They look like shortcuts to your manifestation. But in actuality, they will short-circuit your vision. Anybody ever been cooking a meal and took a shortcut on the meal? Baking something took a make, took a shortcut on the on the bake on the on the cake. You use some cheap butter, or you tried to use some substitute. You know you should just stop, go into the store and bought what you needed, but you're gonna make do with something, shortcut, right? What happens? Waste of calories. <laughs> waste all your waste all your good stuff. As we say, you throw, threw good, good money at bad. Right? So he'll send shortcuts. They look like shortcuts to your manifestation, but they'll actually short-circuit your vision. When you get something short-circuited, there's a loss of power and a risk of fire. Anytime something is short-circuited, there's a loss of power and a risk of fire. Am I right, Brother Chris? Anything short, all, all these construction guys, Oscar and everybody, Elder Jeff knows stuff too. Digging back too. Dick, remember that time you <laughs> One time, boy, I think, I think Olivia had to be about three years old, something like that, right? Man, and Deacon Mac, we were back there. He was fixing one of the, out, one of the uh, light, the light switch back there, still on the wall, fixing the light switch, and must have touched something with that screwdriver, and man, he, that thing sparked and all his hair, well, all his hair stood on his, up on his head, on the sides, and man, Olivia took off. I have never seen that girl run that fast before then or after then. I, I, 
So what happens when you short circuit something, there's a power loss. There's a power loss. You need power for your vision to manifest. So the devil, what he wants to do is send a shortcut that is meant to short circuit you. He just want to show you, oh, there's an easier way to do this, make this happen. That's exactly what you have to do to Jesus. Jesus knew he had to go to the cross for this purpose he was sent, right? Here comes the devil, first, first day in ministry, before he, really before he even launches his ministry. Hey, you know what? Just bow down to me, kneel down and worship me. I'll give you all this stuff. What happened? He was going to try to short circuit Jesus with a shortcut. So be careful when the devil sends you these opportunities. They are really uh, these little foxes disguised as opportunities. That's why you and I must, I've said this to all those in the business group when we first started our business group, you are not opportunity driven, you must be spirit led. The sons of God are led by the spirit of God. You've got to make sure that you are led by, by God and not misled by the enemy. Because the devil will always try to mislead you. Remember, he, he deceives the whole world. Right? Satan cast out. He deceives the whole world. So don't let him deceive you. When you hear something, something looks like an opportunity. Oh, it looks like a great opportunity. Hold on. Ho, 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 ho. Remember that woman? Proverbs 31, 16. She don't, didn't buy or accept anything without taking time to consider it. So somebody comes along with a deal too good to refuse. You can't refuse this deal. It's probably stolen. I was at the car wash the other day. I took my car and let this people wash it. And uh, man, this guy come around. Hey, man, yo, I got him, bro. He had, hey, all y'all construction guys, he had these whole brand new drills, drill sets in the box. Drills. Hammer drills and all that stuff. Hey, you know you need this, dog. Hey, you can use this on your tires, man. Pull your, pull your rims off. What let me pull my rims off of. <laughs> See, that, that's the day I, sh- I should have worn my clergy collar that day. I'm a man of God. Thou shalt not steal. We were, we were walking through one day. Remember that day, Barbara? We were, out, we were canvassing before the uh, family fun day. We were over in Palmetto Park. And this guy comes around, man. He got a bag with some steaks in there. <laughs> Some flowers. He got a whole bouquet of flowers, everything. He got hey, man, I got what you need, bro. Yo. Man, take that back to the store, man. If it looks too good to be true, it usually is. And the devil will bring you these little foxes disguised as opportunities. They are meant to eat your tender grapes when they first appear on the vine. Okay? All right, if the Lord gives you a shortcut, you'll never have to compromise. Did you hear what I said? I said the Lord gives you, because the Lord can give you a shortcut. In fact, this is exactly what it's going to look like this year. It's going to look like God gave you a shortcut. In other words, God, any of y'all use Microsoft Word or anything like that? You you copy-paste something, you can cut-paste something, you can cut something from one area and put it on something else. That's exactly what God's going to do for you this year. 
is he going to cut you from one place and put you in another place this year? That's a shortcut from God. But when God does that, you will never have to compromise your integrity, never have to compromise your honesty, never have to compromise your dignity. You'll never have to hide anything, never, never have to keep track of well, what I said. Let me see what it was. See, if you got to hide it, I said, if you got to hide it, it ain't God. If you got to lie, if you got to otherwise cover yourself, it's not God. Because, see, God, he will never shortcut, shortcut your maturity. The devil wants to get you to have it before you are mature enough to handle it. That's what the devil does. You know, that, you know that's, that's why the Bible said, Paul told Timothy, he said, when you're, when you're calling a, uh, putting your hands on a man to be a pastor, he said, make sure you're not a novice. Make sure he's not a new guy. Because you put a new guy in that position... Oh, man, he's he going to tear something up. He's not mature enough to handle it. To be over people's lives and put his hands on money. He said, a new guy, he can't handle that. You better have somebody mature who can handle that. You see? So God knows how to make sure he doesn't short-circuit your life by making sure that it's time for you to receive your manifestation. And many of y'all have been with us, walking with us, and you have been maturing over the years, hopefully. You've been maturing over the years, right? And so God said, it's time for you now. It's time. And any, anybody, watch this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I forgot about that. Anybody who you hadn't been around long, I remember the vision God showed me. He showed me those little babies, two little baby girls who I had dancing, bouncing on my knee, two little baby girls, and the two little baby girls jumped down off my knee and start, took off running. I'm like, well, what is this? These brand new babies, how they running? Looked over, and they smiled at me, and they got a mouthful of teeth. I'm like, what is that? And God said, I'm about to, I'm about to accelerate maturity in the body of Christ. Told me that years ago. I'm about, I'm about to accelerate maturity. So if you, you hear you say, I've only been here a few weeks, a few months, a couple years, it doesn't matter. You're in the right place. If you stick with it, God will accelerate your maturity so you'll be right on time with what God wants to do in the body of Christ and in your life. Amen? Y'all receive that tonight? Will you stand to your feet and give God a big praise if you receive that word? Hallelujah. Let the Lord know you appreciate what he's spoken to us tonight. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Glory to your name, God. We praise you. We adore you. We thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're bringing, Lord. Thank you, thank you for, for the things you've held back for us. Thank you, Lord, that now it's our time to receive and manifest what you have. Thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for our lives and you are bringing your plans to pass now. God, you don't need our participation, Lord, just to cooperate with you. Whatever you're saying to us, we will do it. Thank you, Father, that it doesn't matter if we don't have anybody else with us. All it takes is, God, you with us, you for us, you over us, you through us, God, to get your perfect will done in our lives. So we thank you in advance for the manifestation that we shall see this year. We believe you, God, that we can go from zero, hallelujah, to 100, Lord, this year. Hallelujah. Where it looks like there has been nothing all this time that all of a sudden we'll go from nothing to something. God, we praise you for it tonight. Now I pray that each and every one of your people 
that our strength, our strength would increase. That, Lord, we will not be weary in well-doing, for we have arrived at our due season. And that God will have expectation built up every day, that we get up every day saying, this could be the day. Any day now, any day now, any day now. And I thank you, Father, that as you do these things, it'll be you that's getting all the glory. It'll be you getting all the honor and all the praise. We'll point it to you because we'll, we'll know for sure it hadn't been us. All we did was simply believe. And God, help us, God, to go back. And wherever we have made hasty or impatient decisions, we, we repent of those things. And we'll uh, overturn those things. We'll go back and undo things we've done. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, you are such a good father that you are able to redeem our lives from destruction even when it's been our own fault. So thank you. Oh, we've got a lot of faults. We've done a lot of things that were just not smart at all. But you are well able to redeem us and restore us and give us another chance to do things the right way. God, I thank you that, God, that we, we will be replenished financially, replenished physically, replenished emotionally, replenished uh, spiritually, Father, replenished in every area of our lives, that, God, there will be nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken in our lives whatsoever. We will enjoy shalom, shalom, peace on the inside and peace on the outside, all the days of our lives. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.